The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Do you ever feel like what you're doing doesn't really matter? Like maybe someday you'll be able to step into some calling or destiny in your life and see God do amazing things in and through you? What if I told you that if you're in Christ, everything you do in the marketplace, at home, in your job, in your volunteer work, everything is ministry? If that piqued your interest, you're going to want to stick around to hear what Dr. Nicole Davis has to say. Welcome to the Leader's Moment. Brought to you by Vision Voice and FX Missions Podcasting. We encourage you to take this moment and use it to sharpen the saw of your leadership perspective and performance. We're bringing you interviews, stories, and more from leaders much like yourself who are taking action, learning, realizing potential, and getting results. Honestly, I'm pretty stoked to share this episode with you. Always enjoy having Dr. Davis on, and she always opens up our mind and perspective. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to share it with you. I've been sharing also for a couple of months that we're, we're tweaking things behind the scenes a touch. Um, all will be coming more clear soon, but here's a hint. One of the things we're going to change will be when we publish this show. Be on the lookout for that change coming in December. We'll have a couple of other things to share soon as well, so keep your ears up for hearing that. If you're not already aware, yours truly in Scott McClellan. Why did my mom name me first name Norman? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yours truly has uh, published a book, and we're pretty deep in the process on the second installment of that effort. My current book, Anthologies from the Forefront, Volume 1, is available, and you should check that on Amazon or Kindle. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news related to publishing, you can go to nscottmcclelland.com for updates. With that, we're going to give you our conversation with Dr. Davis. Hi, Scott McClellan. Thanks for being with us. Excited today to have Dr. Nicole Davis back with us on actually the previous podcast. Doctor was on the From the Forefront podcast. This is your willingness and kindness to join us on the leadership side, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. All right. It's my pleasure. I look forward to the conversation. Well, you were quite inspiring on the last time that we spoke, and I just am always Always wanting to get 
a complete point of view as possible from a leadership vantage point. You know, that needs to be men and women. It needs to be all cultures. It needs to be how can we learn from each other? All of us have something to teach each other, and we also have something to learn from each other. So thank you. You're so different than me. You have something in front of your name <laughs> that I don't have. Maybe one day, Dr. Ooh. Nicole, I'll okay. get there, but probably not at my current rate. <laughs> You're so hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, hope persists, yes. But let's talk a little bit. We're in the middle of a Believers in Business series. And while you're joining us for that, I want to talk a little bit into your education process. And we know you've written a book and we'll backlink in some of those things to our other stuff. But specifically, did you always know you wanted to be a doctor or did that come on in the middle of your education process? That's a great question. And I'm going to try not to be too long. So just stop me if I seem to get nostalgic and, and go into this. <laughs> I'm here to more. hear from you. Please feel free. Education was always something that I was interested in, but never saw a way towards it. And so growing up, I knew the only way that that could be a reality at any level was to go away. And so right out of high school, I joined the military. I went to the Navy. It was specifically to travel and to get an education. But once I got in there, I got a little sidetracked because, you know, it's freedom and this new level of independence. But it wasn't until I got to Iceland when I was on the back end of my four year of service that I met my husband and he was in school at the time. And so he was so kind. We were friends at the time. He knew that I wanted to go to school. And because he was already in school, he started showing me what I needed to do. So it put it back on my radar because I had someone who was willing to walk me through the process and get me started. Yeah. When I got started, I was in business classes, but innately and more naturally was the working directly with people and helping people more of a social work type of interest. And so that wasn't available overseas. You had to take what they had. And so I started in business courses. Fast forward, when we got back to the States, I had to make a decision about what direction I was going to go in to finish my degree. And in a conversation, a random conversation with someone where I was working, and it was a customer, actually, we got into the, on the topic of social work. And she told me of a great program here in Maryland at Morgan State University, which is where I ended up going. And I started my social work program. Well, I loved it. I enjoyed the work that we were doing. But if anyone is familiar with social work, it's almost like a teacher's position. You know, you can do great work, but you don't make a lot of money. Right. And one of my professors at the time he has since gone on to be with the Lord. He is the owner and founder of the Great Blacks and Wax Museum. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it is a renowned museum here in Maryland, in Baltimore City, where he traveled extensively in Africa, bringing back artifacts and whatnot to put in this museum. And he was my professor. I got to sit in his class and learn from him. And he was the one who planted the seed, Scott, of a doctorate 
I had never even considered it. I was going to be happy to have a bachelor's. That was doing something in my family. (laughs) I didn't know anyone with a bachelor's degree. No, one cousin, one cousin had a bachelor's degree. So I was stoked just to do that. But when he planted that seed, I never forgot. And it would be 20 plus years later that I would find myself standing on the stage receiving my doctorate degree in conflict analysis and resolution. So I moved from social work into mediation, facilitation, and that line in coaching. But it was the understanding and the work in mediation that drove me to want to be an expert in the field of conflict analysis and resolution. And all my work over the past 20 plus years has been in that field. And I said, well, let me just go ahead and make this real official and get the degree to go along with it. Wow. I can't speak from experience because I I haven't done the coursework. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But it's quite an achievement. To me, is very remarkable that you did that. Congratulations, by the way. Obviously, it was a, a few years back. But as long as you have humans, you're going to have a need for conflict resolution. <laughs> so I'm right. guessing the degree has served you well. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And the work is intense. You know, less than 2% of Americans receive their doctorate. A lot of people may pursue it and start with the coursework, but it's the dissertation that grounds a lot of people because you're independently working at that point and life happens. And so it gets to be quite challenging to complete it. But I was determined and with the support of my husband, which I cannot express to you enough what our love and relationship has been over these 30 years, just in him honoring the leader in me. Mm, That's powerful. Sounds like quite a guy. We need to have him on as well. Sounds like. Oh, he will blow you away. (laughs) I would look forward to that. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think it's important for us to realize and not minimize that our leadership or the level of leadership that we grow into has a lot to do with the relationships around us, not just our own desire or our own goals. Would you agree? Is that what you're saying about your husband? Yes, Scott. And let me say this, and I don't even know that this was going to be a part of our conversation, but I feel led to say it right here. Just knowing specifically that you have three daughters, Mm -hmm. if there is one nugget that I would want to share with them and any woman who is single, who has a passion for anything in their lives and is pursuing any particular field and it's important to them or they feel that God is calling them to that, whoever it is that you choose to join your life with, this is a person that has to understand who you are in Christ and the purpose and the assignment that is on your life. And that is not to be minimized in any way, because if you link up with someone who doesn't respect that, honor that and support it, then you will find yourself fighting for what God had blessed and assigned for you. And it will make your life miserable. Mm. If you find someone who accepts you and walks with you in it for the long haul as a way of life, then you will live a very fulfilled and satisfying, gratifying life, knowing that you're doing it God's way. 
So you cannot take that lightly in choosing a mate. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I'm very thankful that you did that because it is, I think, key. Someone that in a couple relationship where you're honoring the potential of the other person and where you're seeing what God has put inside of them and encouraging that along the way. So, so very key. Yeah. And even if you don't know it out the gate, that this is who you are, you know, because we're constantly growing and changing. Yes. At the point that you do, that this spouse is still someone that is willing to allow you to grow and to blossom in that way. I didn't know that the things that I'm doing is what I would be doing when Tony and I got together. We just allowed ourselves to dream together and grow together, whatever that meant, wherever that would take us. And that's what anyone should want in a mate. What a blessing. Thank you for stressing that. I really appreciate it. Now, I don't know a whole lot about your day-to-day work or the things you've been working on, but maybe we can unpack that a touch and have you tell us about how your faith informs your approach to what you're doing. I'm guessing there are other people in your industry or in that in that space who may not be people of faith. What makes your approach different, do you think, than maybe someone who doesn't know God? Yeah, I think what really drives how I do the work that I do is my biblical worldview. And so any information that I get, any learning that I receive, I do it in light of the word of God. And that came to me through the Holy Spirit as I was learning, because, you know, you can go to college, you can take courses, even in some of the the certifications that I have, whether it's in mediation, facilitation and coaching, there are certifications that are secular. And then there are those that are Bible based. My Christian life coaching is from a Christian perspective with scriptural reference and study in that way. And so when I am working with families or when I am in a room with people from organizations or when I was with the federal government and we were doing work with teams and departments, how I operate is with love and compassion and empathy. So the two biggest commandments that the Lord gave us drives everything that I do. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so while I may not be quoting scripture, everything that I'm saying is Bible-based, and I may be able to intertwine it in some way with something that I've learned from a secular perspective, but I am always checking my motives. I'm always using the Bible and prayer to guide and guard how it is that I show up so that what people appreciate the most from me is my presence. Like I'm present with them and I make what is important to them important to me. So I don't always go in with my own agenda. I know what the agenda is, but then when I'm in the room, I try to be sensitive because this is what Jesus would do to really what I'm not hearing And what I'm seeing as I am working with the groups that I work with. And they appreciate that. They don't know where it's coming from. But the fact that I consider them in the way that I do, which may be different from other people. You know, some people just stick to the process. You know, there is a process 
in facilitation and mediation and coaching, depending on how you've learned it. You all have your steps and all of that. Right. But if something is happening that warrants another way to address it or approach it, are we open to that? Well, because mine is a biblical worldview, I'm always open to that shift. And I go where I need to, to make sure they get what it is that they really need, even if they don't know they need it. That brings a question to mind. How do you recognize, or maybe you have an example of a time where discernment has informed your approach to what you're doing? Can you think of a time when discernment played a key role? Yes, that's a great question. So I remember a time specifically As soon as you said that this came up for me, I was doing a training for teachers. It was their professional development day. And we were going to be talking on a certain topic. Let's just say it was communication. I don't remember what the topic was, but I'll just use that as an example. I'm watching them as they're coming in the room because I'm already in there. I'm setting up and I'm paying attention to their body language. And I'm looking at the way they seem to not be interacting with each other. And I'm looking at when they were talking to each other, there was just this real lull in the room. Like they were like the energy was sucked out of the room. And so in seeing that I could discern that I was not going to have their attention on this topic. This was not where their heads were. Something else was going on that I wasn't privy to that was impacting the way they showed up. So as I let them come in, I'm making small talk with them. And they were, you know, they were in there because they had to be in there. Right. But I started off the conversation acknowledging what I saw. And I lifted that up in the room so that they could know that I saw them. After I gave space to that, Like, is there anything that any of you need to say? Like, I can tell that there's something that seems to really be weighing on you. I'm not sure what it is, but I do, before we go into this training, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about it, or do we need to just have a moment to get you centered so you can be able to focus on this conversation? Or is there something else you'd like to talk about? And we not talk about communication at all. They were so grateful that I opened that up to them. That I think, Scott, I think we took a couple of minutes to talk about that, and then they were ready to get into the topic at hand. Wow. It was a blessing to them as well. You released something that they were trudging through that they probably appreciated the help on. Yes, and to be able to go ahead and address it, then release it, because whatever it was, they were carrying it. Right. And isn't that true for us? You know, if something is going on at home or something happens and we try to go to work after that, you know, or go to church or work with a group, whatever it is we're doing. And we try to press through that when we haven't properly dealt with it. It impacts the environment that we're going into. Seriously. And probably in a lot of ways can minimize the outcomes that we get from whatever it is we're investing ourselves. Exactly. Especially for me, you know, when I know that people are paying for a service from me, I take that very seriously. I try to operate with a spirit of excellence in every situation. And I always put myself in their shoes. If this were me, what would I want from the person who's coming? 
Yes. Again, informed by your biblical worldview. Exactly. Very, very cool. So most of the time when I ask folks about, tell me how your faith informs your approach to these things, we typically get a more generalized response. I really appreciate the specificity you're approaching this with. Super helpful. And also, it kind of reemphasizes to me that it's not just us there, not just you there that day or me there and other times. We don't just bring everything that we are to the situation, but the Holy Spirit is also there present and is bringing the gifts, the blessings, the anointings, the callings, and the manifestations of the Spirit that operate through us are an effectual part of what's happening in this interaction. I think that's my analysis of what was happening there in your situation. That's powerful. I think we got to be careful not to forget that. And add this to it as well, that no matter what we're doing in the marketplace, let's take us out of the four walls. We are fully in the marketplace. When we show up, and bring our gifts, our talents, and our abilities. Those are anointed. And so we are, in essence, in ministry, no matter what we're doing, because we are the church and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. Yes. So when we show up, it's really an opportunity for people to experience Christ, no matter the degree. You know, it's not a prayer or a scripture. It's in how we are, in our being in our essence, and our presence, we are ministry. Yes. You know, the word incarnation comes to mind. Obviously, we know that Jesus Christ was God incarnate. And I think he's working in us, you know, to reproduce his essence and his likeness and the aroma of Christ, if you will, in these different places, situations, even something that may look so normal. The Lord's still just equipping us to bring the aroma of Christ into that environment. Very, very encouraging. What kind of work are you involved in, in addition to what we've mentioned? I know you've written a book, Eve, Where Art Thou? (laughs) Get a copy, read it. Thank you. Enough said on that one. Besides writing books and getting doctorates and resolving really tangled up conflicts, what other kinds of exposure to the business and marketplace environment are you involved in? First, let me say that in addition to the Eber Are You, we actually have another book called Leadership Done Right. It's hard work, but it's worth it. The tagline is 31 Essential Disciplines to Becoming a Leader of Impact from the Inside Out. I've got to backlink that one. I'll make yes. sure I have that. Please let me know that link so I can get people to that one. Absolutely. And that's a 31 day devotional to help people really do self-evaluation as a Christ follower and how it is that they're showing up. So, all right, back to your question. So we have Empower to Engage. This is an organization that Tony and I co-founded together. And this is where we actually work with families. We work with individuals or organizations, giving them strategies on how to establish healthier and stronger relational dynamics, because that's really what is hard for us, you know, how it is that we are doing life together. And any time you have two or more people, you know, that can be difficult. So we're helping people to do that better. And our passion is families, the mother, father, 
them with their children, like those whole dynamics. We do that. And with that, we provide trainings and workshops and what have you. My husband, we just getting him launched this year. He started a family law practice. And so he's doing wills and estate planning because of our holistic approach with the family. Like we are in it when it comes to how a family is living and doing together in life and in death. We want to cover the spectrum. So that's this year. He just started that business. So being that we are one, I am helping him along with that. In addition to that, I am right now in the midst of a 12-week workshop where I am taking women through the Eve Where Are You book. That's phenomenal. I shared that with you that I was doing that. Yes, I remember. Thank you. Yeah, that is absolutely spectacular in what we're doing with that. And we're working on another parenting book that we're like on the fourth chapter. We're doing that. I'm a regional advisor a regional advisor for children's book writers and illustrators here in my region. And our book launch is tomorrow, actually, for our first children's book that we wrote. Wow. Yeah, we're helping families walk through the life skills. So the first book is Growing Up with Bendy the Squirrel, I Can Make My Bed. And this is going to be a series because... Children need to understand these important little things that help them become confident and to live independently in the world. And we're showing parents how to do that in a fun way. Very, very cool. Those are all great things. You're making me feel unaccomplished right now, especially if there's two doctors in the family. (laughs) I know it's a lot less than 2% of families on that side. So, wow. That's awesome and powerful. And I thank God for you guys and your what you accomplished and how you're prosecuting that for the kingdom of God. That is very encouraging to me. Is the Eve, where are you series that you're taking ladies through? Is that something you do with some frequency? And if someone wants to find out about maybe the next time you're going to do that, how would they know about that? So I've actually been in prayer about what this is going to look like. And I consider this to be a pilot, this first one. I do it twice every Tuesday. I do a 7 a.m. group and a 7 p.m. group just to make sure that people from wherever would be able to do it. And I think this next one that I'm going to do, which is going to start in October, I've been prayerful about it, it's going to be for church leaders. I need to help them in the church really understand the significance of what we talked about last time and really releasing women to be free in their callings, whether it's in church or in the marketplace and helping them, developing them so that they can do that confidently and effectively. So I think that's going to be the next thing. So I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, please do. And we'll try to get that out to everyone. As you're praying through that, we just ask the Lord to give you clarity on the most strategic approach. We're kind of coming to the end of our time. It's always bittersweet because you and I can keep going on this with the type of energy we normally have uh, in these conversations. Just a few more questions. And this is a little more of a get to know. Tell us something about your hometown. The hometown as in where I'm living, Maryland? No, I want to go all the way back. (laughs) I want to, like what? What would you like to know? I mean, I don't know. I have friends from Ohio, 
you know I've never been to Ohio. You said you came from Ohio. Yes, and I've been away from Ohio longer than I was there. So. <laughs> so when you were a kid, what was something of your favorite stuff about Ohio or what is remarkable about where you grew up? Oh, what a fun question. Okay, so we had drive-in movies which I love. I don't know if everybody has ever experienced a drive-in movie, but they are fun. That's where you go and you stay in your car and you watch the big screen and you can get food at your car, walk around. And so that's fun. We had that. We have a place called Swenson's. Swenson's is a burgers and fries place, but you drive up to it and they come out to your car. So you can drive all around it. You can park all around the building. It's a little building with little speakers that are used to be next to your car. You drive up, someone come out, take your order. They run inside, get the food, and then bring it back out and connect it to your car window. And you sit there and you eat it. Swinson's, that's like a huge deal if you're from certain parts of Ohio. I don't think it's throughout Ohio, but in my region. Right. Swinson's is a big deal. And it used to be the rubber bowl was something that was really big for us. So Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, you went to the rubber bowl for the game before you went and had Thanksgiving with your family. Those are the things that I can remember that comes to the top of my mind when I think of home. What part of Ohio was all this happening? In Akron, Ohio. Akron. Okay. Yes. Akron, Ohio. You know, they give our city to LeBron James, the home of LeBron James. Okay. But I was there before LeBron James was born. That's right. That's right. No question. The Football Hall of Fame is also in Akron, Ohio, isn't it? That's right. That's right. I never went there. And now that you mention it, when uh, we got married in my hometown and we both flew in because Tony was coming from Spain, I was coming from Iceland because we Scott, check this out. We met, got engaged, and married all in the same year. Wow. That's a conversation. That was a few years ago. That was in 1991. And when we went to my hometown, my uncles took him to the Hall of Fame so that he could go and see that while I'm over there helping getting things set up and nervous as all get out. He's out enjoying the town. <laughs> and that's one of the places they took him. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, let's don't, get, let's don't go too far down that road. We're all, <laughs> all of us men will be implicated for sure. Well, I really appreciate you, Dr. Nicole, getting back on, talking about the real world experience of how your faith in, informed your approach to your service in the community and all the things you're doing with all of the stuff that you're doing. I know you're not, you know, looking for one more thing. You're, you're a busy person. So thank you for being on here. Can we direct someone to a place to find out more? I know we have some of your links, but I want to make sure and have the right one. Uh, where are we going to send somebody that wants to find out more about you or what you're doing, your ministry? Yes. If you go to empowertoengage.com, that's empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, the word to, T-O, engage, E-N-G-A-G-E.com. That's where you'll find information on all the things we've talked about, all of the books, all of our services, even Tony's Law Practice. There's a link there. Everything is there. That is so cool. Well, thank you for being here. We'll back link that in the show notes so folks have it. 
And I really appreciate just, you know, the essence of your life in Christ is something you shared with us. It's always wonderful to get to know and be encouraged by our brothers and sisters. Specifically, you're doing a lot. So we pray that God will bless you and strengthen you for everything he's got in mind at the top ranges of your potential. And thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you. And I received that. I appreciate that prayer and that blessing. Amen. Yes, ma'am. You're welcome. I'm Scott McClellan. Come see us again at The Leader's Moment. One thing I'd ask you to do if you found any value in the show this episode is to pay that forward a touch. Take just a second, if you will, open your favorite podcast app and share with a friend or two. Someone that comes to mind, maybe as you were listening, uh, we really appreciate that. And it helps us get in front of and connected to more people who could benefit from insights from people like Dr. Davis and others. Speaking of Dr. Davis, don't you really appreciate the way she comes at a subject? Obviously very bright, very educated, but led by the Spirit. I, I really appreciate about her the ability to be Spirit-sensitive and, and very intelligent at the same time. We can learn a lot from her about that. If you also enjoyed that, or if something else stuck out to you, please email me, scott at fxmissions.com with your thoughts. I really appreciate that. Also looking forward, we have some great stuff in the works for you in the coming months. I'm just really thankful for the people we've been able to connect with here in the past and the show. It seems like we're gaining momentum. One particular interview I've been waiting five years or so to do, I'm getting to record this week. So, man, are we excited about that? Don't miss it. Sign up where you get your podcasts and let someone know. Thanks for being a part of FX Missions Podcasting and the Leader's Moment. Hey, we really appreciate you being a part of the Leader's Moment podcast. We also want to say thanks to the folks at Vision Voice, our sponsor, and encourage you to check out their website at visionvoice.us. Also, if you haven't already, please visit leadersmoment.org slash follow to have this podcast and future ones delivered to your favorite podcast app every time we publish. Thanks again.